Welcome to the North Sound Church Podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. Well, as was mentioned earlier, Pastor Barry, next week we'll be back and resuming the series about heaven that uh, we've been in for the last few weeks. When he asked me to speak today, uh, he said, uh, let's take a break from that series. So I'm not going to be speaking about that um, today, but we are going to uh, consider mothers in particular. And I want to encourage you to open your Bibles, if you brought them with you today, to Matthew chapter 15. And uh, we're going to look at a story of Jesus' encounter with a mom. And so I thought that was a very appropriate thing to do on Mother's Day. We'll get to that scripture in just a minute. There's a Jewish proverb that says a child without a mother is like a door without a knob. (laughs) I think there's a lot of truth to that, that proverb. And then listen to this one. This is a Spanish proverb. An ounce of mother is worth a pound of pastor. Wow. Sometimes the truth hurts, but that is absolutely true. I I confess that that is true. Some of you know that Judy and I have four children, and we have seven grandchildren. And our daughter, Lindsay, who's our second born, she has uh, twin boys who are four, just turned four, and a little girl who this week is going to turn two. And a few months ago, she told us of something that happened when one of her twin boys, Samuel, who was not quite four at that time, um, was just having a day where he was really sassy, talking back to her, disobeying her just uh, all throughout the day. And finally, our son-in-law, Anthony, who was home that day, pulled Samuel inside and said, you cannot talk to your mother like that. I want you to go and tell your mother you're sorry for disrespecting her. So Samuel hung his head and he walked over to Lindsay and he said, Mommy, I'm sorry for disinfecting you. (laughs) You ever have moments if if you're a parent where you're trying to stifle a laugh and yet kind of keep the serious face there because, you know, it's a serious moment. I think that was one of those for sure. It was God's idea to create mothers. And I'm so glad that he he did that. The Lord Jesus is interested in mothers. Jesus came to seek and save mothers. He came to be in relationship with them. He came to touch others through them. And who of us in this room has not been impacted by a mom? For for better or for worse, one way or another, we've all been impacted by moms. Well, this story that we're going to look at today uh, reveals to us Jesus' encounter with a mother who's in a desperate time, a real need in her life. Let's look together. Matthew 15, we'll start reading at verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. What an interesting story. And if you're like me, it's one of those stories that leaves you scratching your head a little bit like, I don't quite understand why Jesus responded the way he did. And we'll talk about that in just a minute here. But let's consider this 
encounter that a mother had with Jesus Christ. Three things I want us to consider today. First of all, Jesus met a hurting mother. She said, have mercy on me. I'm in a terrible spot, she was saying. Few mothers escape having hurts somewhere along the way. Motherhood is not for the faint-hearted, as Carrie said just a minute ago. I think today of the different moms that are represented just in this room this morning. Some of you are mothers of infants and toddlers. We applaud you today um, because that's not an easy role to be in. You have little or no time to yourself. Uh, You fall into bed every night totally spent only to be awakened again at one o'clock and maybe three o'clock and five o'clock and you know the way it goes. It's easy, by the way, for us to to know which ones you are, the mothers of, of the young children. You're the ones with bags under your eyes and the ones that are still rocking like this. Even though you don't have a baby in your arms, you're just kind of in this perpetual movement of doing that. It won't always be this way if you're in that place in life. There'll be new challenges, new opportunities that lie ahead. That brings us to the another, uh, another group of, of women that we probably have with us today. That's the mothers of elementary school kids. You're busy too, but it's in a different way. Some of you realize that your primary role now is to be a taxi driver, right? You're shuttling kids to little league games and to slumber parties. And Have you ever wondered why? Um, I, I began to wonder this one when our kids were little. We call them sleepovers. There's not a whole lot of sleep that usually happens at those things. So I think we need to change the name of them. But moms of elementary kids, we, we're with you today. We applaud you. And then we have moms of teenagers here this morning. Boy, you have some unique challenges before you. Who is my child hanging out with? What kind of choices are they making when they're not around me? We have moms of adult kids here today. Some of you know the heartache of seeing your kids turn away from God. And it truly is something that will break your heart. You watch them perhaps have relationship troubles or other difficulties in their life. And then, of course, we have among us today, I'm guessing, some single moms. We thank you for carrying what is many times like a double load. Motherhood brings no guarantee of an easy path. Tragedies can strike. Kids can rebel. We live in a world filled with dangerous and destructive influences. Now, the mom in our Bible story today was agonizing over her daughter's condition. The Bible says that she was demon-possessed. She was tormented by demons. And she cried out to Jesus in her time of trouble. Please know that Jesus is aware of your burden today. Whether you're a mom or whether you're not. Know that Jesus cares about your issues. And Jesus is experienced with people in deep trouble. He isn't shocked by your trouble. He isn't offended by it. He's not overwhelmed by it. There's never a moment that Jesus says, oh, I've never seen this one before. (laughs) This is over my head. No. When a troubled mom comes to him, he's seen it all. And there's no situation too desperate for you to put your confidence in him. And so troubled moms here today, maybe you walked in and somebody greeted you at the door and they wished you a happy Mother's Day and you put the smile on your face and made it look like everything's cool and you have it all together. But perhaps inside your heart is aching and you're totally exhausted, not just physically, but emotionally, mentally worn out, taxed to the limit. 
And maybe like this lady in the story, you're desperate. You know what happens to those of us who are parents when our kids go in directions we don't want them to? We oftentimes blame ourselves, don't we? And we say things like, oh man, if I'd just been a different parent, if I hadn't done this, or if I, if I had done this, or, or talked this way, or, oh, we just, we just beat ourselves up. I can only imagine this mother of a demon-possessed daughter what it was like for her. The Bible doesn't tell us how this expressed itself, how the manifestation of the, the demonic uh, presence in her life was living out, but it, I'm sure it wasn't pretty. It was ugly. This was a hurting lady. And so moms, please hear me today. Whatever you are facing, you can cry out to Jesus. He has seen it all and there is no situation too desperate. There's nobody that's too far gone. Jesus said this, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus also said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Many times I've read that verse and I've thought, boy, that's a verse for moms. Weary, heavy burdened, do you need rest? Jesus said, you come to me, cry out to me. So Jesus found her to be a hurting mom. But secondly, I'd like to suggest that Jesus found her to be a trusting mother. He said, woman, you have great faith. I would love to hear Jesus say that to me someday. Not the woman part, but the you have great faith, Mark. Wouldn't that be great to hear that from Jesus? By the way, he's not confused about gender, gender identity and all of that. He knows, he knows all that stuff. So there were obstacles, though, that this woman had to overcome to get to Jesus. Let me suggest to you that three barriers that she had to push through because I think you're going to see that they're barriers that oftentimes you and I have to push through as well. The first barrier she had to overcome was the barrier of doubt. Can Jesus really help me? Now the Bible says she was a Canaanite woman. She she was from a group of people that would have a different religion. And I'm guessing she tried a lot of things in her own religious system. You know, she went to to, to, to her religious um, system for that. And maybe she went to some medical doctors to try to find some help for this daughter. And then she heard about Jesus. She heard stories. Could they be true? Blind people were actually seeing. Lame people were walking. Deaf people could hear. People were cured of leprosy. Could this really be true? But no doubt there had to be some, no doubt there had to be doubt there. Some skepticism that crept in there. Could he really help? I've tried everything else. Is this just some scam? This woman had to push through her doubts. And my guess is there's some people in the room here today that you have to do the same thing. There isn't one of us that hasn't struggled with doubt one time or another when it comes to issues of faith. Of course we struggle with that. Let's not pretend that that's not a part of our own experience too. But I I do want to say this. Jesus isn't just one more thing to try. Jesus is the Savior, the one and only Savior. He's the healer. All healing comes through him. I'm not saying that he can't use many different methodologies and means to heal 
Maybe you've been, you know, maybe you've gone through chemotherapy and, and, and that brought healing to your life or, or some other treatment or some medicine or whatever. Jesus can use those things, but make no mistake about it. He is the healer. He's the Lord of all. He's the way, the truth and the life. In the book of Acts, it says salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It's Jesus. And she had to push through her own barrier of doubt. Another barrier that she had to deal with, I think on that day that she came to Jesus, was prejudice. You see, this woman was not a Jew like Jesus. She was a Gentile, and that was a problem. And not only was she a Gentile, she was a Canaanite. They were the enemies of the Jews. These people did not like each other. And so as she was raised in her Canaanite home, she was told all sorts of things about Jewish people. But so great was the love of this mother for her daughter, and so concerned was she for her girl's desperate situation that she pushed through her prejudice and the ethnic stereotypes that she had built into her. And it makes me wonder, could some of us be experiencing some prejudices that keep us from from Jesus? Maybe you're here on this Mother's Day and the truth be told, you were dragged here. It's like, okay, it's Mother's Day. I guess I got to do my thing. But inside you're thinking, Christian people are just weird. I don't like to be around them. I'm just not like them. Or maybe you've been around people who, who claim to be Christians and that live their lives in a way that's anything but. And you think they're all just a bunch of hypocrites. If you're in that situation today, let me just say this. First of all, I'm sorry for the times that those of us who are Christians don't live in a way that really truly represents Jesus. We stumble and we fall. And we make some big mistakes. And sometimes the, the result of that is that it disillusions people. And I apologize to you for that. But I want to say this. Your prejudice, whether you think it's justified or not, just might cause you to miss meeting the one who can save you, who can heal you, who can set you free and deliver you. This mother's trust had to push beyond the barriers of doubt and prejudice. And then there's one more barrier. is the barrier of giving up. You know, at first glance, we read this story and it might seem that Jesus didn't really care. It's kind of like he gave the cold shoulder, it appears to us, to this troubled mom who was asking for help. It says that Jesus, when she first came, did not answer her a word. And I read that and I think, what is going on here? That doesn't sound like the Jesus that, that I see rec- recorded in, in the Bible. Then it occurred to me that some of you here today, uh, times in my own life, you've been asking the Lord for something, perhaps for years, maybe for decades of time. And it seems like you're getting no response. Just like this woman, Jesus doesn't speak a word to you. I admire this woman's persistence. She kept at it. And she sets an example for us. We should keep at it too. 
But, but what about the way that Jesus talked to her? Wasn't he pretty cruel? After, she was, after all, she was a hurting woman. He said, I came only to the lost sheep of Israel. And then later on he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. What in the world was going on here? Well, could it be that Jesus was helping her see and helping you and me see the importance of humility in coming to him? I've had enough of this brazen, cocky, bossing God around business that sometimes I, I, I'm around people that seem to treat God that way. The Bible says this. It says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself. And, and one thing that we're, we're unable to, to really hear as we read the story is the tone of voice in which Jesus said what he said to her. Isn't it amazing how different your tone of voice can be? Uh, and, and, and then totally change the meaning of what you're saying? If I were to say to my friend Carrie, hey, come here. There's a little different than saying that than, hey, come here. You, know, you hear the difference in those two things here? It's the tone of voice, it's your posture, it's your body language, all those things. I was reading a Bible commentator by the name of William Barclay, and he was talking about this interaction that Jesus had with this woman. And he said this, He said, we can be quite sure that the smile on Jesus' face and the compassion in his eyes robbed the words of all insult and bitterness. That really helped me because uh, it just gave me another way of looking at it. Perhaps the way he said it totally was disarming and allowed her to feel like, yes, he really is receiving me. But when she responded as she did, I can pretty much guarantee this. Jesus' eyes lit up with joy. When he saw her persistent faith. Moms, you can trust Jesus with your kids. So she was a hurting mom. She was a a trusting mom. And finally, let me suggest to you that in Jesus' presence, she became a victorious mother. The Bible says her daughter was healed from that very hour. From what very hour? The hour in which she came and brought her daughter into the presence of Jesus. Now, I don't know if her daughter was there physically with her, but it didn't really matter. When you bring your kids in prayer to Jesus, they're in his presence. The healing, the liberation she had sought for her daughter for who knows how long occurred when she cried out to Jesus. Triumph in life, victory over trials comes in Jesus' presence. Now, some of you are carrying heavy burdens today for your kids or maybe your grandkids just want you to know Judy and I aren't immune to that either. We have four kids. Our three daughters are all following the Lord. And our son um, turned his back on Christianity a number of years ago. And um, has really made it clear that he wants nothing to do with that. In fact, a week ago today, Judy and I were with Evan. Uh, he lives in New York City. And we were there visiting him for four days. And um, Evan moved there because um, he does comedy. He's a stand-up comedian. And he felt like to pursue that, he, New York was the place to do that. So he moved there about 16 months ago. And, you know, when you have kids that are, have, have walked away from the Lord and you're going to be with them, you know, you, you go all prayed up and believing that this is going to be the time when you're going to have that encounter and he's going to you know, realize, oh, I need Jesus. And, you know, maybe there's a part of, though we didn't really have that conversation, that Judy and I probably both felt that a little bit, like we're going to 
to New York and you know, we're going to come back victorious. And uh, that's not the way it was. You know, we had a great time. We had a wonderful visit. Went to a Mets baseball game. Went, to, you know, did all the things that you do when you go to New York, Times Square, and the 9/11 Memorial, all sorts of things. And but I, I know that both of us, when we got on the airplane at LaGuardia Airport in New York to fly back here on Monday, felt a little bit of disappointment because there wasn't any big moment where you know Evan said, "I've been wrong and I need Jesus," and there wasn't any of that. In fact, I think he's more cemented in his position than ever. And as we were flying home on Monday, um, man, that seemed like a long flight. (laughs) Part of it had to do with the fact that we were flying on miles, so we had to fly to Seattle via Houston. So (laughs) New York, Houston, Seattle. Um, But I was thinking of this scripture, and it was kind of going over and over in my mind, where Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. I'm so glad that Jesus doesn't give me more of what the world gives me. I don't need any more of that. I need peace. Some of you do today too. Jesus offers you peace. But you must come to him to receive it like this woman did. This woman became a victorious mother because she cried out to Jesus. She made a choice, a conscious decision to enter his presence on behalf of of her daughter. And you and I, friends, have that same choice. We can enter the presence of Jesus and bring our children in prayer to him. A number of years ago, I read a book called Intercessory Prayer. It's written by an author and a pastor who lives in Colorado. His name is Dutch Sheets. Interesting name. And Dutch tells a story of um, a time several years back where he took a, a group of people on a short-term missions trip to the nation of of Guatemala. They flew down to Guatemala uh, shortly after there had been a severe earthquake that impacted that country and actually killed tens of thousands of people. Over a million people were displaced and homeless. And so they went down with the goal of um, uh, building some shelters for people to live in during the daylight hours. And then in the evenings, they would preach the gospel to these people. And so they went to this very remote village out in the middle of nowhere in Guatemala. They trucked in supplies. There was no electricity, no plumbing. This was before the days of cell phones. And so they were really isolated there. And they did just what they had planned to do. They, they worked during the days, uh, hard labor, getting these structures built. And then the evenings, they would gather all the people from the village in the middle of the village. And they had like torches uh, to, to light it up a little bit. And uh, then they would preach the gospel. And Dutch, as he tells the story, says that day after day they did this and the people were kind and appreciative. But there was no response virtually to to the gospel presentation as they would give an invitation for people to receive Christ. There was little or no response. And it got to be the very last day that they were there. And the, the service was happening in the evening There was some music being played, and then Dutch was going to get up, and he was just standing on a folding table. That's all they had to kind of elevate him a bit to make a platform so that people could see him and he could see them. And just before he got up to preach, some of the members of his group here from the United States pulled him aside and said, we just saw something that was so horrible. He said, what? They said, as we were walking here tonight on the outskirts of the village, we saw a little girl. She was probably six or seven years old. And she was tied to a tree. And he said, what? They go, yeah, we, 
She, she was dirty. She was just a mess. She was like a dog you'd tie up. And so we, they said we went up to the house and we talked to the people and they said, yes, that's, that's our little girl. And they said, we don't, we don't know what to do with her. She hurts herself. She hurts other people. If we untie her, she runs away. We, we've tried everything. There's nothing we can do. And so they came and reported this to him. And then he had to get up and preach. And I don't know if you've ever stood in front of people made a, making a presentation of some time. When you have something else going on in the back of your mind, it's very difficult to kind of overcome that. But he describes this as he tells the story in his book. That as he got up on that table, that's all he could think about. And he began to preach the message that he had prepared for that night. And as he was preaching, he felt like the Holy Spirit just spoke to him internally. He didn't hear an audible voice, but he just felt like the Lord was saying, talk about that little girl. Tell them that you're going to pray for her tonight and that I'm going to set her free from whatever it is that's troubling her. I don't know if you can fully appreciate how difficult it would be to make a statement like that. To know that the testimony that you've been trying to give to those people all the time that you've been there will rise or fall on whether or not you really did hear the voice of the Lord and she really will be set free. But God bless Dutch. He he talked about the little girl. And when he mentioned this little girl that was tied up to a tree out there, He said all the people started nodding their heads like the whole village. They knew what he was talking about. And then he really got their attention. He said, the Jesus that I've been preaching to you about and the Jesus that brought us here to to show you the love of of, of making these homes for you will set that girl free tonight. And he went on to tell the story about how after the service was over, they went and prayed for that little girl and Jesus completely healed and delivered her from whatever was going on. And pretty much the whole village then turned their lives over to Jesus. I tell you that story today for this reason. Some of you moms here today have kids who are tied to a tree. They're tied to a tree of their own bad choices. They're tied to a tree of negative relationships. Some of us have kids who are tied to trees of rebellion or bitterness or addiction, or sexual immorality. Friends, we've got to cry out to Jesus. We've got to do the same thing that this mom did in the story. In prayer, we have to bring our kids to him and say, Jesus, please help. Because it's only your power that will set my child free. And so this morning, as we conclude this service, I want us to join together in prayer. And we're going to bring our children And our grandchildren to Jesus. But before we do. I want to say this too. Some of you. When you hear me talking this way. You're thinking. Well it's not my kid or not my grandkid. It's me. I'm the one that needs to be touched by Jesus. And I just want you to know that he's here today. And he's the same yesterday. And today and forever. And what he did for this little girl in the story. In the Bible. And for that little girl in Guatemala. He can do today. He's here to set us free. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we're here today to worship you and to honor you, but also we're here today like this troubled mom, this hurting mom, to bring to you our burdens and our cares. And in many cases, Lord, those cares and those burdens are related to loved ones. 
And on this Mother's Day, Lord, we call out to you on behalf of those that have come to our hearts and our minds this morning that need you. They need your touch. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love these ones that we're thinking of. We pray that you'd extend your healing hand to them, Lord. Whatever their need is, wherever they are in life, Lord, we lift their name before you, even as I lift my own son Evan before you. We believe. Our trust is in you, God. And Lord, for any that are here today that are feeling and know that they're just far away from you, I pray that they be reminded today that your love is great and that your mercy is extended to them and that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I pray, God, that this would be a day when we open our hearts fully to your saving grace. In Jesus' name, amen.